This is Erin Woodruff, and you are listening to the Times on Your Side podcast, episode 19. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome back to a new week. Today, I really want to talk about habits. Habits are so amazing and so fascinating. There's so many things that I could say about habits, and I'm just going to barely scratch the surface about habits today and how they affect our time management, planning, follow through, and everything. Our lives are run by habits. Whether or not we realize it, about 40% of our daily activities are habitual. There's a whole bunch of studies you can read about this specifically if you're more interested in that, but I really just want to talk about habits and how they really add up to so much of our life that we don't even think about. When was the last time you had to really think about tying your shoe, brushing your teeth, swallowing a drink, walking up the stairs? Chances are you didn't have to think about doing any of those things because they are just habits. We have created habits throughout our entire lives and it makes up everything we do every single day. It makes all of the things easier. It's amazing. From birth, we learn basic things such as breathing and swallowing. And as we grow, we learn how to walk, talk, run, tie our shoes, and then we continue to add more complex habits as we get older. The older that we get, the more habits we gain. I've talked about my daughter on the podcast many times, and I'm going to talk about her again because right now I have observed so many changes in her behavior and her learning patterns that I just think is really interesting, and I feel like it's extremely applicable to habits. In the last few months, she has learned how to crawl, sit, stand, stand up by herself, walk and she's on the verge of running and it is so funny. But it's been really interesting as she gains one skill, she is super focused on mastering that skill, like walking. It took her a while to learn how to walk as it does for most kids. And for a long time when she was walking, that was the only thing she was focusing on. And it took so much of her physical and mental energy to walk. And then one day, I noticed a shift. When she woke up, she was extremely wobbly while she was walking. And that hadn't been the case. She had been very steady and very focused. And I realized something. She has become so confident in her walking that now she is starting to think about other things while she's walking. And because her focus wasn't completely on walking, she was really unstable. But I could see the wheels spinning in her head, thinking about where she wanted to go and what she wanted to do, which toy she was going after. And although her walking was more shaky, she was building on the habit of walking to add additional habits, and skills into her life. Now she can walk and carry things, 
grab things, turn around really fast. She's really on the verge of running. And it has been so much fun to watch her because I think that is so relevant to how we still learn, even though we cannot see it on the outside as clearly. But when we start something new, we are extremely focused and we're really unsure. And we just take one step at a time and we aren't thinking about anything else. But then as we gain skills, we start to go faster and we start to do other things. And sometimes the skills wobble. But over time, we gain enough stability in our walking that it is no longer a problem for us and we don't have to think about it. It doesn't take any of our physical or mental energy. And so it allows us to do so many other things while we're walking. We can focus on other things. So now let's jump ahead 15 years. Think about the first time you got into the driver's seat of a car. There are so many things to be aware of. And for a first-time driver, the habits that you need to drive aren't there. Let's just think about all of the things that go into focusing when you're backing up a car. There are at least a dozen things that you need to be doing. You need to put the car into reverse, looking in all three rearview mirrors, watching for traffic, and pedestrians, and animals at all times, placing your foot on the gas, monitoring how fast the car is going, and how fast it needs to go, keeping your foot ready to brake at any second, all while steering the car in the right direction. At the beginning, it can be really overwhelming to someone who has never done it before. But the more that you drive, the more familiar you get with all of the things associated with backing up a car. And driving becomes second nature. They become a habit. If you're like me, you might be into a habit now that you are so good at driving and it is so second nature and such automatic habits that you might show up somewhere and not even know how you got there because you were driving on autopilot. It truly is amazing because our bodies, our muscle memory, and our brains learn so quickly. Our muscle memory knows exactly what it's doing and it knows how far the pedals are away from each other. You probably drive the same car most of the time, so you know exactly how long it takes for the car to speed up or slow down but you rarely think about it anymore. It just happens automatically. To add on to this, when I was learning how to drive and when I drove in high school, I had a little Ford Ranger that is to this day still my favorite car that I've ever owned. It was such a wonderful experience to have in high school, but it was a stick shift. So on top of all the things that I already mentioned, I had to manually push in the clutch with my left foot and manually move the stick shift with my right hand. And I became extremely good at it. It's just second nature now and I don't have to think about it with all of the other parts about driving. So how do you become aware of the habits that you already have? It's true that we train ourselves to have many habits that benefit and serve us but we also have a lot of habits we might be unaware of. 
If you are a normal human being, and I hope you are, you probably have some habits that are good and some habits that are bad, or at least that we would classify as bad. I read a book a few years ago called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. He says, Habits are powerful but delicate. They can emerge outside our consciousness or can be deliberately designed. They can often occur without our permission, but can be reshaped by fiddling with their parts. They shape our lives far more than we realize. They are so strong, in fact, that they cause our brains to cling to them at the exclusion of all else, including common sense. When I think about that, I think about Pavlov's dog. We have automatic responses to many triggers outside of us. Recognizing our triggers is the most essential part of habit change. If you don't know what Pavlov's dog is, I'll give you a brief summary and hopefully I don't butcher all of the scientific method words, but essentially Ivan Pavlov in in the 1890s created an experiment where he had his dogs And he was working on digestion and studies of digestion. And he had these dogs and noticed that they would salivate every time the same technician who feeds them would come into the room. And so he started to wonder if the dogs had associated this tech with the fact that they would be fed soon. So he started conducting a whole bunch of experiments, which he proved that we can tie automatic responses to many triggers outside of us. He did this through a series of feeding the dogs and having a metronome playing in the background. And he got to the point where he could just play the metronome and the dogs would start salivating without the food. It's a super interesting study. It's called classical conditioning. And over time, if the stimulus is taken away then we will start to detach our response from that external stimulus. So with the dogs, if he started just introducing food without a metronome, over time the dogs no longer reacted to the metronome and salivating at the same time. Another example that I feel like may be more relatable to the general public is the example from The Office with Jim training Dwight to have bad breath every single time the computer needed to reboot. And for all of you office lovers, if I butchered that scene, I'm sorry, but it is exactly the same. And over time, we can become deconditioned if we recognize the external things that are making us respond. So once we are aware of the cues that trigger our habits, We have gained the power back to act and change in the direction that we want. But it's not enough to just stop doing something. It's near impossible to stop a bad habit. We must change it or replace it with a new and more productive habit. For example, if you have a goal to stop drinking Diet Coke, the thought of cutting it out altogether is painful And it seems completely unbearable and impossible, especially if you're a person that drinks 80 ounces of Diet Coke per day. 
So when you approach habits like this, rather than saying that you're going to cut it out, focus on changing that habit. Start small. Start by drinking 60 ounces of Diet Coke per day and 20 ounces of water or double the amount of water that you normally drink. Slowly replace your Diet Coke intake with water. Soon, you will start drinking more water naturally and it will cut back on the Diet Coke without you even realizing it. It's the really small steps that lead to great action. Our habits can make us or break us. And our desire to strengthen the habits we want to have is going to eventually create a life that we want or maybe not want. Famously said by Sean Covey, we become what we repeatedly do. The real power of habit is the insight that your habits are what you choose them to be. How amazing would it be if every single thing that you did in your life was intentional and planned and very strategically there because you have decided it to be there? Once you become aware of your habits, all the responsibility is on you to change them. If you are unhappy with the habits that are in your life, acknowledge that that's okay and you have the power to change them. Don't make excuses because change will always be hard. Your brain never wants you to change, even for the better, because change is hard. Find the cues that trigger your habits and decide beforehand what you will do next time that cue comes up. Have a detailed plan and stick to it. It is your choice of how you will continue to live. More than anything, you just need to be patient with yourself. Celebrate your small wins and tiny victories. If you don't know where to start, think about a habit that you have right now that you want to be different. Let's stick with the Diet Coke example because I think it is fairly relatable. There are so many cues and triggers outside of us that could signal to our brain that we want to drink Diet Coke. So just pick one. I will use this as an example and hopefully you can take something away and really apply it into your life with your habit. If you are responsible for picking up your kids every day, let's say you have an alarm that goes off at 2.30 every day to remind you to go get the kids. And while you're driving to the school, you swing by the gas station and you get a Diet Coke on your way to get your children. If this is something you do every single day, there's probably multiple triggers along the way where you can interrupt your habitual routines and you can acknowledge that you want to do something different. Maybe your trigger is the sound of your alarm going off on your phone. Maybe it's the direction that you drive to your kid's school and it goes right past the gas station on purpose. Maybe it's the sound of your car turning on. There are so many possible triggers here. Let's just pick the gas station. If you didn't drive past the gas station, would you be tempted to stop and get a Diet Coke? Probably not. So is there a different way to drive to your kid's school? 
Is there a route that might take a little bit longer, but won't trigger you to stop and get a Diet Coke? Or do you want to decide, I'm just going to drive past the gas station on Wednesdays, but I can stop on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. There are many, many ways to go about this. There are so many alternatives. You just have to want to change and allow your brain to come up with creative solutions for you. That's the best part about our minds is if we tell ourselves we can't change, we will never change. But if we tell ourselves, I no longer want to have this habit, how can I change? Our minds are amazing and will offer us thousands of ways, so many ideas. Maybe you stop picking up your kids from school and you have a carpool group that you communicate with. You start dropping your kids off in the morning and a different mom picks them up from school. There are so many alternatives and I have just barely scratched the surface on things that you could do. So for you, what is it? What is your external trigger? Maybe there's multiple. It could be a noise. It could be a smell. It could be a person. There are so many things, but you need to reverse engineer when this habit happens. What is the trigger? Is there more than one trigger? And for many of our habits, it's amazing because as soon as we have awareness, a lot of them, we can actually just stop because we didn't realize that was happening. But being able to have a plan, make a replacement and move forward with a new habit, one that we intentionally are deciding to be there in our life, that's what's going to create the life that we want. So this week, good luck as you're thinking about the habits that you want to change in your life. I'm sure I will talk more about this because it is an amazing topic and I didn't even scratch the surface of the complexity of habits and also the simplicity of habits. The more effective habits you have in your life, the more time you're going to save, the more intentional your life will be and the happier you will be. Have such a wonderful week and I'll talk to you next Monday. Thanks for listening to this podcast episode. I want to ask, do you know what your relationship with time looks like? Have you ever thought about it? Do you want to strengthen your relationship with time? Well, great news for you. I put together a freebie with 25 of my favorite thoughts to strengthen your relationship with time. You can grab it in the show notes or go to my website, erinwoodruffcoaching.com and download it there. 25 thoughts away from making major impact in your life.